I'm a writer, mental health advocate, and I've switched from shaving cream to shaving oil. My name's Gabe Dunn. No, <laughs> Gabe's not here today. My name's Melissa DeMont. I am a writer, producer, director, and I am a master craftsman of artisanal beverages. That's so true. That's so, I mean, today you made me one of the most delicious drinks I've ever had. I, I'm very proud. This is like my hobby. Yeah. It's like one of the things I do that uh, I enjoy that I don't make money doing. <laughs> and so it, it felt really good. It was a London fog, which if nobody is familiar with that or if somebody's not familiar with that, it's like an Earl Grey tea with infused with oat milk and and honey. And it was unbelievable. Yeah, but I, I infuse the, the actual like milk of it. Usually like it's separated. So it's like in one flavor. Wow. Would recommend. Anyway, Gabe's not here. Uh, he's quit. <laughs> so he's currently at Sundance um, taking meetings and raising money for his indie film. And so it's it's this dynamic duo for this week and for next week as well. Yeah, it's going to be good time. Because we shoot two in a day. Uh-huh. <laughs> if you are subscribed to the Patreon, then you know because we have the same clothes on. Oh, that's true. Yes, if you subscribe to patreon.com slash just between us you can see video of what's happening right now in your ears so good and anyway this is just between us a variety show filled with heartfelt advice ridiculous games and brutal honesty i was on it you were i, yeah. for, I forgot that i would have to say it but <laughs> I, I knew i had to say it i do find like all the weird repetition of this stuff to be like weirdly comforting yeah you we know what the show is yeah, yeah. Or just like, I don't know, like, because sometimes I'm like, does anyone want to hear me like say this stuff over and over? But then when I listen to other podcasts that have stuff like that, I'm like, I like sing along. <laughs> I'm like part of the thing. Yeah, you know what to expect. Exactly. Well, this is a really exciting episode. Probably one of my favorites, even though Gabe will be mad at me for saying that. But uh, we talked to one of my friends from boarding school, Jed Bashian, and we just talked boarding school. Yeah. We get into the nitty gritty of what it was like to go to such a strange place. Uh, we had very different experiences there. She liked it. I hated it. <laughs> and But I enjoyed this conversation very much. So thank you for suggesting it. Oh, well, it's so bizarre. Yeah, but I, there was a lot of similarities at my school, too. Oh, really? Yeah. Because you went to a private school? No, I went to private school for like two years. And I said, get me out of here. <laughs> I don't like rules. I don't like wearing the same thing every day. Well, honestly, I had wished we had had a uniform. It would have been easier than trying to dress cool within a dress code. Yeah. Because, like, it's so limiting, but then you can't, you have to still pick your own clothes, which mm -hmm. was annoying. Yeah. And later in the episode, we will be talking all about reviews and uh, how much we pay attention to them. We're talking <laughs> reviews for books, movies, restaurants. I like to eat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Stick around after the break. We're going to have a wonderful interview with Jen Bashian. between us it's time for the juiciest most scandalous most controversial segment known to all the podcasting tough questions <laughs> this week on the show we have <laughs> screenwriter jen bashian who is also one of my very good friends and she is here today 
to talk about boarding school because guess where we met at boarding school. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. I'm thrilled because I forgot almost everything. I know. That's why I'm looking forward because now we can fill in some blanks. It's like a Mad Lib. It's like all this high school Mad Lib. We're going to fill it all in here today. So you added the unique experience where you went for all four years. Yes. I only went for the last two. And I always said that the people that went freshman year really got screwed. Yeah. Why? You're too young. It's too young to go be away from your parents and to have a school look after you. It is very young. It's crazy. It is, you know, I think two things, though, that were super, super different about our entry points into boarding school. Yeah. I feel like you have, you know, had this like loving family unit at home. You were an exceptional athlete and you had all these, you know, you were kind of locked in and dialed in. I went to an all-girl Catholic middle school with uniforms and I would go away to summer camp all summer that was also all girls and had uniforms. So that was what I I was used to being in some type of regimented special environment, you know, like (laughs) before that. And so the weirdest thing about me going to Choate was not that, oh, I'm going to sleepaway school at 14. Like I had done that. I'd lived in bunk beds and cabins and all of that. It was, oh my gosh, I have to go to school with boys. Like oh. I had been in exclusively all girl environments from fifth grade through eighth grade, which is the most that's when all of the juicy hormonal stuff happens yeah. and you figure things out. And I was just so not on that space. How far away from home were you? We were not far and far. We that was kind of the other perk. I think if my mom didn't want me to go as far as some of these other schools in Massachusetts or places like that. I, I don't know about Scarsdale, but from my hometown of Greenwich to Choate, it's like an hour door to door, maybe with traffic. Mine was, was like an hour and a half. And you went home every weekend, right? Because <laughs> I didn't have any friends. <laughs> you stay every weekend. I stayed as often as humanly possible. My parents were going through a World War Three, War of the Roses okay. style, terrible divorce uh-huh. at the time. And so Choate was also a safe haven for me. If I did leave for the weekend, I would go to other people's families' houses, you know, Mm -hmm. and my roommate at the time all throughout, who was amazing, her, uh, she's from the Bahamas and her whole family was in the Bahamas. So if I ever left, it felt like, you know, I wanted to be with her or, Mm -hmm. you know, she didn't have somewhere to go that was so close, you know. But yeah, Allison did leave. (laughs) (laughs) Allison left often. Allison was always in this office. You have to like go to a special office and fill out this little slip i forget what that Wait, form really? was called i have yeah. no memory of this to, to, to alert them that you're leaving you know and i feel like i always saw you in that <laughs> <laughs> i don't even have a memory that that office existed there you go but we were also a year apart so i was a year i'm a year older than jen okay. mm-hmm. so i came in as a junior and you were already like the head of choke when i came in that was the other unconventional thing about high school experience I was essentially an unpaid employee of the high school because I held every leadership position and even ones that I didn't want, I inadvertently got. Like I became a prefect, which is when you're a senior that lives in the younger students' dorms. It's like an RA, but you're still a student. Like you're, you're still a student. Yeah. And again, a lot of RA positions, you at least get free rent, but mm-hmm. no, not at boarding school. And then I was elected to be the head girl prefect. So all the other prefects voted for, I, you know, that wasn't something I wanted. And then at the same time, I was also chair of the judicial committee, which made me the ultimate snitch, basically. Okay. This is where you, you know, 
hold these tribunals for people that cheat oh, okay. or I was uh, on that, too. I never had to go to anything. Oh, that's like nice. in high school. I was on that committee, okay. too. No one got in any trouble. Mm, well, one person did because they pulled the fire alarm. <laughs> oh, oh, well, that's, I guess, a big deal. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why yeah. I reacted like that's not that big of a deal. <laughs> in the wake of, you know, school shootings yeah, when yeah. that yes. was happening, like, yes, yes, it was a big deal. The biggest issue at Choate was, I think, plagiarism and things like that. And a lot of times it was because kids were so stressed out by the pressure to yeah. perform and the workload that you get there. I mean, that's the hardest I've ever worked in my life academically was at Choate. College was a breeze. College was, we, I slept my way through college <laughs> in terms of schoolwork. Like uh -huh. I could do it in my sleep, especially compared to the hyperdrive that was Choate. Because Choate was interesting, right? Because like to get get into college, you're just competing with other people from Choate. Yeah. So like, <laughs> you know, like because because Yale can only take so many people from mm -hmm, Choate. So like mm -hmm. it's like you would probably have gotten into Yale if you went to any other school in any other state. Yep. But you're just competing against your other classmates. So it was like it, you ended up getting kind of like it was harder to get into schools than if you were in like a public school in a different state. Almost impossible to get into your choice school. But you as the head of the school, that, that gave you a leg up, right? You'd think. But she went to USC and USC, like when I told people I was going to USC, they were like, oh, I'm sorry. Yep. That's exactly <laughs> the look I got. And there, there was this thing that they would do um, your senior year where they would hold this bonfire. Here's the thing. The intentions of this bonfire are amazing. There was a bonfire? There's a bonfire where you bring your rejection letters. I never went to that. You bring your rejection letters from all of your colleges. But then what happened my year, and I'm sure it happened other years, but and who knows if they even still do this because it's, I don't know. I don't love the things that it highlights. Then it became kind of a flex for people being like, oh, I don't have any letters uh. to bring. I got in everywhere I wanted. So actually, I'm just here to support. I'm just here for moral support for all of you losers who got rejection letters. Did so that was year weird. do that. Why was it not invited? I feel like <laughs> do, were you invited or do you just not remember that it happened? I, I feel like you blocked out all that or stuff. Was it, or did it happen on the weekend and you went home? Yes, it might have been a weekend event. Allison was in Scarsdale <laughs> during the bonfire. I'm surprised to hear you say that plagiarism was the main thing because the thing about boarding school is there are so many rules that it's almost impossible not to break a rule. The Judicial Committee only heard cases that were... How else to say this? Like, if you were caught breaking co-ed, which was if you were uh, a... You were in an opposite sex If you were a male-identifying human in a female-identifying human's dorm room, not during visiting hours and not... And you had to have three feet on the ground or something. Mm -hmm. It was these crazy well, it was rules. how It was what year you were was how big the... how. What year you were determined how much the door had to be open. Yes. So like when you were a freshman, the door had to be all the way open and then it slowly closed as you got older. And then by senior year, I think it could be closed but not locked. Yes. Yes. And there was a certain amount of time. Yeah, you could only do it and you had to get permission. Yes. So like how breaking much time. Well, like when it was like free time. So like break, break was a big deal. Break. Big deal. Break, break was everything. The, break was the biggest deal. So every evening there would be a block called study hours okay. where, and I'm pretty sure they did this. I know my freshman and sophomore year and maybe later on and the rules have probably changed now because kids are so tech dependent, but they shut off the internet on the campus from 7 p.m. to like 10.30 or something. I don't think they did that when I was there. They did that my freshman year for sure. 
So we would have to all be in our rooms at our desks studying and doing work from seven-ish, I think, to nine. nine. And okay. then nine o'clock is the infamous break Alice was talking about. So then that's where everybody was fucking. We'd all go. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, we'd all go outside and in front of the freshman boys dorm, all these local food vendors, which included Domino's Pizza. Okay. There was local food vendors? Yes, Allison, where Alice, where were you at? No, I don't remember that. I she just remember you would, hang, like, you would hang out outside at yes. break. Even if it was freezing cold, okay. you'd go out in your Ugg boots and, you're, and you'd go and socialize. Um, <laughs> and that was the whole thing. It was like, we're on break. It's break. <laughs> on break. And my friend it's and break. I had wanted to make this shirt that was like, you could get a lot done in 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you really can't. But I guess you could be doing, you could get like permission for co-ed during break, maybe. I can't could remember you? that. I don't know. I know weekends, there was more flexibility with co-ed. And it also depended on what advisor was on duty. Like oh, yeah. certain advisors were much more lax about going to check on you and things like that. I mean, again, I wasn't doing anything remotely scandalous. Like I, think I, I broke I rules in senior year. Wow. What rules did you break? Oh. I broke co-ed once. <gasps> Allison. What were you doing, Allison? I was making out with this boy. Oh my and then God. and then my best friend was doing more in oh. the same room. Oh my God. Well, I feel like that's kind of <laughs> That's a rite of passage yeah. kind of thing. That's just gonna happen. I broke co-ed that one time. I don't even remember what was that guy's he had he had frosted tips for sure. Oh, of course. Or that like a swoopy. The they yeah. all had the swoopies and every single boy, because we had a dress code, every boy looked like he was straight out of the Vineyard Vines catalog. Uh -huh. yeah. Like double shoes. Double popped collars. Double popped collars, yeah. khakis. We weren't allowed to wear jeans either. We couldn't wear jeans or or like leggings weren't a thing then, but we couldn't wear those. Shorts and skirts had to be certain, certain length. length. It was, you know, it was a lot of sweaters, turtleneck sweaters, mm -hmm. corduroy pants. Doc Martin shoes. That's what I wore every day, everywhere. Yeah. I mean, what's funny is that like this sounds so uptight and compared to the other boarding schools, ours was the artsy one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we were for the like the hippie boarding school. That is so true. We were the least preppy of them all. Yeah. Um, okay. The the Doc Martins, I was like, that seems different. Yeah, the Doc Martins were maybe that was a holdover from Catholic school because I had to, I wore the low versions, which uh -huh. now I see this is what's weird about life is now all that stuff's coming back. Yeah. So anyway, now all of Gen Z is wearing that. But did you do it with pencil thin eyebrows? And <laughs> <laughs> and did you also go to the tanning bed and like, you know, ruin your skin forever? <laughs> no, you didn't. You know, you have like a 10 step routine now. I did not. I was doing like oxy pads and, right. and uh, proactive. That, the, the apricot scrub. Oh, that Amber. Yes. The St. Ives. Yes. Terrible. I think Gabe still uses that. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Maybe not. They, they said to stop. <laughs> yeah. The people said to stop. Oh, the people really? said to stop. Maybe yeah. I might be wrong. I think it's like the, the ingredients of that St. Ives scrub. It's like cardboard particles, plastic. Yeah. And what? it's like scraping. It's, it's like scraping, scraping your everybody's face. skin. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Just disintegrated mm -hmm. pumice. We're going to take a quick break, but stick around. And we're back. It was just so weird because like <laughs> you would also be like my senior year dorm bungalow. Yes. Like there's a part where like a family lives there too. 
Yes. So like you have a family member, like you have a teacher faculty member who lives with you. Mm -hmm. Uh And Mm -hmm. so like there's all these kids that are growing up as faculty kids. They're called fac brats. And they go to school there too? Well, when they, most of them, when they become of age, Mm -hmm. but you're like zero to 14, you're just like living on campus of this school. It's weird. It's weird. But I mean, for me, again, having no foundational family at home, I loved all that stuff. Yeah. And I have much older brothers, so I loved feeling like, oh, look at all these, you know, this teacher's kids are my kids. Like, Mrs. Abate's twins are, I couldn't name a single teacher. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. (laughs) (laughs) That's the other thing that Joe did, too. I felt like I was, you know, I hear about other people and their high school teachers, and there was not that same level of intimacy that you had with our teachers were around us more than our parents on a Mm day-to-day, you know? So it was just a super unconventional schooling pattern. But I I think it's interesting to have me and Allison both here because I really see the the pros on the pros and cons list. Like, okay, what are your pros? My pros are that it it sort of forces you to gain independence very early on. I feel like there were people that had full meltdown, you know, upheaval crises during college. Mm-hmm. Because they like had never done their own laundry before. Stuff like that. Where I feel like Cho gives you this insane workload. And you're constantly around super intelligent people. Um, So it just raises your whole, not to sound like a cult person, vibration. Um, (laughs) It raises your whole vibration up. And, you know, there are some cons that come with that. There's like elitism and there's a lot of bullshit. But I do think too, Cho was also a melting pot. You know, I how, when else in my life would I have lived with someone from the Bahamas, Mm -hmm. you know, coming from Connecticut. There's no way. My junior year roommate was from Venezuela, but then she lived in Florida because her family wasn't allowed back in Venezuela. Oh, well, (laughs) okay. (laughs) It's very turbulent there. Yeah, it is. What are your pros and cons, Allison? Well, see, I will fight back against that. I don't really believe in independence being a virtue. Oh, but okay. that's that's a lecture for another day. And I wrote about that on my Substack. Emotional, yeah. <laughs> Plug it. Plug it. Yeah. But I mean, I do think that it's important to be from people from different backgrounds. But wouldn't you argue that like it was pretty segregated, and that like I feel like when I graduated, I knew everyone's name other than the kids who were from Asia. This is true. There were serious issues with that especially because the international students were like not international students yeah not there what's tricky is they were doing the really good job of the uh the piece of dei where it's like you're not actually including Mm. the the inclusion part Mm. isn't actually followed through upon i have heard that they've you know really taken a lot of student feedback to heart in the last you know 10 years or so but when we were there it was definitely there was a huge socioeconomic divide because there would be there were all these programs that existed, icon scholarships, what was it called? Prep nine or something, where they would specifically locate really talented students um, from underprivileged areas, is what they would say, and offer them these full ride opportunities to go to Choate. But then is the douchebag frat bro in the making kid who has a trust fund, is he really gonna be inspired to co-mingle and socialize and you know with someone from another background i don't know you know they didn't do enough to foster and engender the integration like you're talking about and so then it did end up being pretty clicky you know Mm -hmm. yeah but then you hear that about every high school unfortunately there's sort of like 
that's the thing. I don't know if that would have been different in another school. Right. What was like the ethnicity breakdown? Mostly white. Yes. And then there there were a good amount of international students from Asia, I feel like. Mm -hmm. But they, again, like very not integrated. Which People of color were the minority for sure. But I didn't know a single person that was out when I was there. And that's the other huge thing. There was no queer. No queer. uh, Culture. Yeah. The closest thing to queer culture, which I think is true for a lot of high schools across America was the theater department. It's like, it's where everyone found their little safe haven. Even like, I remember they were like, we're doing a really wonderful thing. We're welcoming students uh, from after Katrina to come be here. And it was like two white guys. Mm. (laughs) Wasn't that weird? (laughs) I think about that all the time. That's what you remember. They were like, like, please give a round of applause for our refugees from New Orleans. Super preppy, good looking white guys. Like the Katrina people they were helping. And I think they were like sports it was like some kind of thing where they were drafted almost to to make our football team better or something like that it was kind of kooky dookie but no did they go to Algiers in New Orleans and find people who you know no they did not so I think that there has been a big swing in a better direction in that probably across all schools yeah but when we were there, man, it was really, uh, it was airtight. Although, to be fair, I was one of the only white people on the step squad. <laughs> you were on the step squad. <laughs> Which is maybe the most hilarious fact about me that anyone would ever know. Don't ask me to I do am tickled. Don't ask me. Okay. I'm happy that you're tickled about can it. Can you do it still? I can do some of it. Okay. Well, we'll do um, that after this. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. Really, but that was a great experience. I mean, yeah. that's the thing. Erin, my roommate, you know, from the Bahamas and she's black. And, you know, so I think that by virtue of that, I did end up mingling a lot more. And you also had a condensed time there, Allison. You know, you were there for literally half the time. It's harder to, I feel like I'm, it, it, <laughs> I'm truly not trying to be like a chote stan all the way, but it's coming out. I'm coming off really rah-rah. No, it's good to have a that. different opinion. Yeah. Okay. I mean, also a weird thing about Chode is that you had something called a PG, right? Postgrad. A postgrad. A postgrad. So you would have these these athletes who weren't who had already graduated high school, but weren't quite good enough to get onto college teams and needed one more year of training. So they would come and do a fifth year, a postgrad year at Chote. So you had like these like 18, 19 year old, like huge <laughs> athletes just like show up to like play sports and hook up. Yeah, for a year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. I mean, the PGs were the scariest when I was a freshman because think about it. Some of these guys are yeah. like 20 and I'm 14. Yes. And it's like, and they did this and thing. Like they tried huge. to do this thing called sit down lunch like two days a week where they wanted, you would get randomly assigned to- I remember like, this. Remember this? They, yeah. This was, I think, part of their, they realized it was not- It didn't work. It didn't it work. Terrible. But I think this was part of their, we're going to try to blend everyone together and get people to get outside their cliques and what have you. And so they, uh, two days a week, you had to sit down for lunch at a certain time with these people that you were randomly placed with. And there'd be one teacher at the table. And one t- <laughs> so there'd be one teacher at the table with all these random students. It was twice a week. That's it was twice a, a week, I think. Can I think. we go back to this postgrad thing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> were they taking classes? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. What classes were they taking? I don't know. Well, a lot of them would take... Maybe APs or something? Yeah, APs and things like that because that would count toward your college credits as well. Okay. Like a lot of the classes I took senior year at Chote applied toward yeah, USC. Yeah, mine at my school too. Yeah, so I don't mind. That, yeah, I went, to, I went to school 
to college as a sophomore, essentially. Oh, wow. Right. But why? I just don't understand it's this. so that they can. It, it's beneficial for the school because they have great athletes come in and enhance their sports teams. And it's beneficial for the guys because then they get an extra year fucking around and then they get to get drafted into a college like league. But they don't just like walk on at college. No. Like, why wouldn't they just? Do, I don't understand. They're not good enough. They okay. need like another too, year. Yeah. If you don't get the right scholarship opportunities, it feels like, you know, or if you know that the school you really want to go to has a star quarterback uh-huh. or a star running back or something, and you want to wait until that person leaves so that you can then scoot mm. right in, but you don't want to start your college years because you only have so many years of college to play. athlete eligibility. Yeah. And so it sort of splits the difference between the two, but I agree with you. It is kind of... And they would be the kings of the campus. That's disgusting. <laughs> Like, I I don't like that. Why were they all men also? I, I'm just realizing. Were there any women? I feel like there was maybe, I can't even, I cannot recall a single female PG. But one of our ca- classmates has been in the Olympics a bunch, a woman for hockey. She's incredible. She's amazing. She's a badass. Like, I don't like ninth graders in high school. <laughs> like, I think that that should just, that should be junior high. So this is just, I just don't understand. You know, originally they started, I think Cho in the, in the past would start at like sixth grade. And then they cut it. Would like, it be separated, though? I don't think so. It, it was all boys. It was all boys. The, okay. It was the Choate School. And then in the 70s, Rosemary Hall, which was an all-girls school based in Greenwich, merged with Choate. And they became Choate Rosemary Hall. Mm-hmm. Uh, Glenn Close was a Rosemary Hall nice. alum. Um, Ivanka Trump went Ivanka, to Choate? Ivanka Trump lived okay. in my dorm room. Actually, really? Your exact room? In my room. In which? Like five years before me. Which uh, My freshman dorm. Do you feel... Close to her, I feel, Do you feel a connection. A, I feel such a kinship to her. Um, you wrote a whole script about I it. I did write a whole script about it. Wait, what's the script the about? <laughs> I can't talk about this here. Okay, but what's the logline? The you kid. I mean, can I? Of course. The, I don't know. Just the logline. Well, let's just say I don't know. I'm not gonna go full logline, but it was there was a time travel element. We'll just say okay. that um, <laughs> for you or for her, for the character who I guess would have been me. Okay, in that stead, but. Yeah, I mean, at the time, I didn't think anything of it because it was just these same old wooden mm-hmm. bunk beds that, or maybe it was library because I lived above the library my sophomore year. Was it that the room that we both had? I think it was. You know, you also share a kinship with Ivanka, Allison, because Why? Ivanka also left Choate every weekend. Oh, to go model in Europe. <laughs> to go model yeah. in New York. I literally had a teacher that was like, yeah, she was my student. She would just like go off in a limo to go fly yeah. to, to. She was also one of the only people that was allowed to have a car on campus. It was, there's oh, a right. lot of crazy stories. So you're about not allowed that. to have a car if mm-hmm. you're a boarder. Mm-hmm. But then there are also day students. And so day oh, okay. students don't live at the school and they like they just come for the day and they're allowed to have a car so they and would so drive us everywhere you'd have i never got anywhere. but they had the best of both they had the best of both maybe you did and you just I don't, don't think remember. so i don't think i got driven anywhere were y'all friends there did you become friends at usc we weren't friends at we USC. were not friends at <laughs> usc at all at all, at all. ships in the night never spoke maybe we saw each other on campus a couple times yeah. but we were friendly at choate friendly at and choate. we were we did theater together and we did mm-hmm. tennis together and i like a lot of my friendships at the time with your class like you and meredith and i like worshipped these girls because they were a year older uh-huh. and you so cool me yes i thought because you were on the varsity tennis team you were so cool and you hated everything <laughs> <laughs> 
I was like, wow. Like, meanwhile, I'm drinking all the Kool-Aid. I'm in all of the things, you know? Mm -hmm. So Allison to be so- um, Was I surly? Anti-establishment, surly, snarky, um, you know, a little bit bitchy, but in Mm -hmm. the delightful, delicious way. No, I was very off-putting. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's what I want to know. Because Allison talks about how she was Mm off-putting. What did you think of that? I would agree with (laughs) but I was maybe the perfect person to meet you at that energy because I was so desperate to be liked that it was like oh the challenge of getting Allison to warm up you know like okay no I always loved you which is so funny because I didn't I think I knew that like subconsciously I knew that but think about it okay we're in this play and Allison and Meredith get cast as these like kind of uh, kooky but hot twins in this German- child prostitute child prostitute in- oh yes child yes, prostitutes yes. in a German uh-huh. expressionist play and uh-huh. I get cast with my braces and rubber bands as the grandma <laughs> of these two women like I was full you know quirky weirdo character actor girl and you and Meredith were these hot the hot older girls from my POV so that's what I thought and you were from Scarsdale which was cool like everything about you was cool. And and maybe you being gone every weekend kind of created this mystery about oh, you. Yeah. Interesting. Like, oh, I'm too cool for school. Literally. I, let, me, let me hang out with my parents instead. <laughs> if you want to hear the rest of this episode, and let me tell you, you do, head over to patreon.com slash just between us. And for three dollars a month, you can get access to all of our podcast episodes in full ad free. You can also get merch for this podcast at justbetweenuspod.com or allisonraskinexposed.com. Okay, that's it. Tatala T2. Tatala T2. Just between us. 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 Just between